Hello everyone, welcome back to Darkness and Daisies. I'm Jerry. And as always, I'm Aaron. And today we are a few days removed from Halloween, but a uh, belated happy Halloween to everyone who celebrates. Woohoo! And happy anniversary. Yep, that, it, we have just crossed our second year anniversary. I know, crazy, right? I know, it's insane. Who knows what the next year is going to bring. For this episode, we're going to talk about two uh, wildly different things, but both in the Halloween spirit. Uh, the first is that Wendell and Wild, the the guy who directed Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, uh, came out on Netflix. Don't worry, we're not going to go into any spoiler territory here. But uh, just your thoughts, Aaron, just as an overall, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was good. And I think that it, um, with the content, it's uh, rated, what, PG-13? Oh, yes. I, I think that was appropriate. Oh, yes. Yeah, because it was a little bit dark in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple swear words. Nothing too drastic, but maybe some people don't want their kids to see that. Um, I'm Overall, I really liked it, but yeah, it had a dark tone. Uh, I agree. It was... Uh, I really liked it. I think it was very interesting, especially in the characters and who gets represented in this film. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was great. You had a ton of people of color... Uh, there's even a transgender character. I will say, though, strangely enough, for the movie that is rated PG-13, I didn't find it as scary as even Coraline or even The Nightmare Before Christmas. There was no real, like, really scary parts in there. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I agree with that. It was, um, I guess maybe I expected that, but because the whole tone was, like, dark to begin with, mm -hmm. maybe that's why they didn't. I, and that might be true, because... There's a lot more like it's funny in a animated uh you know movie about two demon brothers is that it they really the themes are what I think got it its ratings. I mean there is uh you know a child losing both their parents. There is about very the the worst form of capitalism you can find. It's but yeah, it was very good. It's very interesting. Uh, there was some great music in there. And of course, like I we talked about when we saw the trailer, it's just nice to see Key and Peele together again. Um, were you a little surprised that actually Wendell and Wilde weren't actually kind of the main focus of this story? A little bit, yeah, because I thought it was going to, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say revolve around them, but like I thought there would be a lot more trouble caused by them. Yeah, and I mean, not to say that they're bad characters. They're not. They're hilariously funny and you know the music is great the craziest thing about this besides you know lyric ross as uh the main character and angelina bassett as the uh the nun who kind of helps her why did everybody in this film sound like i knew who they were and then we got to the cast list and i was like i don't know who these people are that was crazy i didn't expect that at all because i'm like oh hey i think i recognize that voice yeah, and then it turns out you look and you're like, oh, that's not who I thought it was. Uh, the animation, it's so crazy because when people think of stop animation, you know, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Paranorman, James and the Giant Peach, Coraline, you can actually see in this film how much we have, like, evolved. Right. I mean, oh yeah. there's, like, water physics on some of the characters, like when they're sweating or crying. Um, they almost look like 3D, and strangely enough, 
you can almost see like where they were like put together and they look kind of like puppets almost uh doing a story the the other thing if there's one criticism about this film that i can say is that i wish it was 20 minutes longer because the ending of this movie seems very rushed um yeah a little bit i mean and i sort of asked you this before but like what would you put in that extra 20 minutes uh well without going to spoilers like the final conflict needed to be resolved because it almost was like okay we're having this battle and then it's over and credits it's like almost i wanted a more of an epilogue about what happened uh to the town and to the main characters because it feels just like bam here we are gone the the other strange thing and this is not even a movie thing about this movie is I, we actually had to search Netflix for this movie. That's true. I thought it was going to be featured right away. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's right here, you know, here it is. And then it was like, no, we had to actually look to a point where I almost said to you, it, was I wrong? Did it not come out yet? But if if you have a chance, go take a look at it. It's It's very good. It really turns a lot of things on their head about characters who you think you know how they're going to act. Um, and also, it just feels like a world that every character feels like fully formed and has and has a backstory. And you don't get all of the backstory, but I love when uh, fiction does this, much like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, where you feel like you've just been dropped into the middle of a story and you don't really know what's going on. But it is very good. The animation is great. Uh, what do you think of the music in this more for the punk aesthetic that originally came out. I absolutely loved it. I may not know, like, they weren't, uh, what do you call it, like, mainstream songs or anything, Mm-mm. but I was so into it. I mean, there is one which is a mainstream song, which is, of course, I Believe in Miracles. Um, the other one, of course, is Cult of Personality, which is yes. a great song, but it's very, like, hard rock punk because um the main character is actually would you say like a punk goth i think so yeah like just that whole emo grunge era yeah and it's just like and especially i mean honestly you don't see a lot of people of color it represented in movies who like that type of music and it's like kind of her whole identity right and everybody just accepts it yeah also, I love that the transgender character, like sometimes people will call them by their uh, former name and they immediately apologize. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant. But yeah, just a good, just a good uh, film. I think, I don't know if it's going to become very popular like Coraline. I think it's going to become more like Nightmare Before Christmas, where it's going to become much more celebrated as the years go on. It's going to become like a cult film. Because Nightmare Before Christmas, when it first came out, I mean, yeah, it was there and people saw it, but, but it, it wasn't. But it bombed. Uh, but yeah, it w- I don't know if it bombed. And yeah, it just, it wasn't the phenomenon that it is now with the Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. I mean, we can even remember like 10 to 15 years ago, Nightmare Before Christmas merch wasn't getting sold the way it is now. Now every Halloween you go there and they got a whole section of it. Heck yeah, and I'm so excited for that. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. That is Wendell and Wild on Netflix. Uh, like I said, it's... Very unexpected the way this movie goes, what it has to deal with, how it does the characters, and there also, if you watch till the end of the credits, there's a weird post-credit scene. 
Yeah. To the point where I was like, I don't even know what this is. I don't. I thought it was pretty cool. It was like someone taking a break, kind of. Like I thought it was neat, just something fun. It was, but I was just like, why? <laughs> I I have no idea. But it was just very strange to me. I was just like, it wasn't one of those scenes where it's like, oh cool, or oh that's stupid. It was just like, what? <laughs> so yeah, Wendell Wild, check it out. Well, from that to an unexpected discovery. This was kind of crazy, in my opinion, because I didn't know about it. Um, it is, of course, the Halloween season, so that means New Adventures of Ghost Adventures on Discovery and Discovery Plus. And I guess, would you like to say, like, their Halloween uh, special was this thing? Because I it's a two-parter. So. I think so. That's what they tend to do. And it was about the law. Uh, how do I say this? The Los Fenis Murder House. Los Feliz, yeah. Los Feliz. Sorry, my mouth's a little dry. Which I had heard the podcast, which is a six-episode podcast that really just dives through the whole thing. And they actually got the host of that podcast as they investigate this house. If you don't know, this house is insane. The most famous case, why it's called the Murder House, is that there were, I think it was about in the, I think it was the 1940s or 50s. There was this doctor who was living there with his wife and I believe two daughters. Yeah. And one night he just gets up, he takes a hammer and he bludgeons his wife to death. He actually goes after one of the daughters. She escapes to the neighbor's house. They call the cops. They, the cops come back and he's overdosed and killed himself. Jeez. But the craziest thing about this house is everything that happened before this house and everything that happened afterwards. Because people have bought this house. It's a gorgeous house. It's right on a hill. In fact, the house that they used the outside shots for House on Haunted Hill, the original Vincent Price, was literally right above it. Which is insane to me, but it's so cool looking. Like, that house, like, it to me looks kind of like a castle. Yeah. But nobody, everybody has bought this house and nobody moves in. Nobody. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, they know people have owned it, but it sat completely empty for all these years, and no one seems to really know why until the current, um, I guess, owners mm -hmm. had started trying to do renovations and just clean it up, bring it up to date, and the whole crew just walked off and said, we're not coming back. And that was only after a couple days. Yeah, and then Zach and the crew go in there, and things kick off. Immediately, They can't even go up the stairs at one point. Like, they feel very, like, they're very angry. Everybody's acting really weird in this house. There's a, there's a big kind of, like, time dilation where things that they think took five minutes took about an hour. And it's a two-parter. Uh, I don't know if on regular TV if the, you think it would be just one show or do you think they broke it into two episodes? I, um, it's kind of hard to tell. Um... I think just for the sake of filming and interviews and all that, I think it was just easier to break it into two pieces. Right. Because there was just so much to cover. So, from a paranormal aspect, it's very interesting. However, I told you after we watched this that I had a theory about why the house is like this. Yes. Okay, check this out. Now, in this theory, we're taking Supernatural completely out of it. This house is built on the, would you call it a hill or a mountain? 
Mm, that's complicated. I, I know it's like I a think distance thing, but I think it's more of a hill. So it's built on a hill. Now, as any person who builds a house will tell you, what is when you're building a house like this? What is the biggest thing you need? A foundation. Right. You need a <laughs> level. Foundation. Yeah, you need a level surface so you can have a house supported on a stable foundation. Correct. Hills are traditionally not flat. Correct. So my question is this. What if they built this house? Because this house was built like, I almost want to say early 1900s. Sometime around oh, that. I think it was... Um, Yeah, you're probably right. I was thinking like there was like a big history with... um. What was it? Was it Mexico? Yeah, Mexico and California when they were dividing it up. Yeah, the when they were dividing and... it up, the land had been handed down somehow. Mm-hmm. So the land itself had been kind of spoken for since the 1800s or further back, maybe. Mm-hmm. So here's my thought. What if the people built this house? It's stable and everything else, but the ground isn't even. But what would that really have to do with anything? Here's 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 what I would think. We as human beings have a sense when things are off, even if we can't see it. True. Uh, compare this to uh, the phenomenon known as the uncanny valley, right? Right. We see something that looks human, but it's either too close to being human or not close enough. Then what do we do? We get uneasy. We get s- sick. Some people actually get angry at things like that. Because subconsciously, their brain is saying, something's wrong here, and I can't figure it out. Right. That makes sense. So if you were built on a... If you were in a house, and everything looks straight, right? Right. Doors are straight, everything is thing. But you're actually tilted just a little bit. Subconsciously, your brain would be like, something's wrong here. Something's weird. Yeah, it's like something's off, and you can't quite point it. Right. Um... In uh, the work of fiction, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson describes that Hill House is like that. Like, Aaron, I'm going to give you an example of something, and you would tell me, tell me if this wouldn't mess you up. What if I showed you a triangle? Kay. It's a triangle, right? All right. And as every person who has studied geometry knows, uh, both, all three angles will add up to what number? Do you remember? Was it 180? 90. Okay. So 90, 90, 90. Aaron, what if I showed you this triangle and I showed you and I wasn't lying and I wasn't not telling you the truth, but all the angles were either less or greater than 90. So basically, instead of being an equilateral triangle, it would be like an obtuse one or something. Uh, But no, this is the angle that it's supposed to be 90. It looks like it in your mind, but when you do the angles, it is less or greater than 90 with all three angles. I mean, I don't know if it's possible. I don't see why not. Well, according to H.P. Lovecraft, if you saw that, you would go insane. Because your brain would be like, this can't be. Now, what are the symptoms of somebody who is tilted and is off balance? This is actually very good for you because you do have Meniere's disease. This is true. So, Aaron, when when your Meniere... When your Meniere's disease happens and you're dizzy, how what do you feel like besides just being dizzy? Do you feel agitated? Irritable? 
Yeah, almost like the ground's trying to pull me over sometimes. Like, it sometimes goes beyond vertigo. Uh Uh-huh. Are you fearful? Sometimes. What were all the emotions that Zack and his people were feeling? Fear. Anger. Irritability. Yeah, but, like, how, how could they prove that? You know? Well, you would have to look at the ground and see if it was thing. But I, I'm just saying, taking the supernatural completely out of it, that might be a perfectly scientific explanation for why that's happening. Why everybody feels like that. And if you were in that house, you wouldn't want to live there. Because you would be like, I, I don't feel right in this house. It's the whole thing like something feels wrong about this place. Mm-hmm. But it's because of that. I remember in a nature documentary, they showed you it was an underwater cavern. And if you look, they're showing you straight up. Right in the middle, you see where the water recedes. Like, you can see, like, where the water breaks. Right. Yeah, except the water breaks up here. It's an optical illusion in this cavern. That's weird. You think that you're going to hit the surface here, you're going to hit it up here. Which is really dangerous. Exactly. But, But here's the thing. Even when I describe that to you, do you get a little shiver up your back? Like, that doesn't seem right. Well, yeah, especially in that type of a situation. Exactly. But, I mean, in a house, though, I'd be like, oh, okay, like, something's off, but, like, it shouldn't be that off. Well, put it to you this way. Have you ever been through, like, a fun house when you were younger? Oh, yeah. What about, you know, the tilty rooms? Yeah. Do you like the tilty rooms, or are you like, this, something's wrong, I feel bad, I want to get out of this room? I think they're fun. Right. But if you were just, but what if you thought the room was straight? It's kind of like this. What if you were just standing up, the room looked straight? But Aaron, then you start sliding to the left. That would definitely bother me. Exactly. You'd be scared. You'd be angry. You could be irritable. Confused. Exactly. Bam. So that's, that is my explanation for why the Los Feliz murder house maybe makes people feel so uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I, okay, I can see that. However, that doesn't explain why some guy would just go off and kill his family. Like, did he even have a reason and then why was he reading the divine comedy like there's a lot of things here but like did he need the money was he just sick and tired of his family did he have an affair like i feel like we don't know the whole story if if you listen to the podcast he had very big financial troubles but let's also remember this unlike everybody else who's been associated with that house what was he doing he was staying there day and night like, he never left, you mean? Right. No, day and night. He, like, would go home. He would come. I mean, he lived at that house. Well, right. Everybody else hasn't. Aaron, if you were in the room that looks straight but is taking you to the left, after a while, wouldn't you start thinking you're going crazy? No. I would think I need to level the floor. Right. But what if the level, you put the level on the floor and it says it's level? And But you're still sliding to the left. Then there's other ways to deal with that. You don't just snap one day and kill everybody. Well, I mean, as I said, this guy was under severe, like, the family was going to lose everything. We're not even talking like, So why not just sell your house and move? Like, come on now. He's a very, as I said, listen to the podcast. It tells you a lot more about him. They really go into his financial troubles leading up to this. And in regards to the Divine Comedy, first off, everybody should read the Divine Comedy. The second thing is, is that... While a lot of people, that has kind of influenced, like, the seven circles of hell, you know, stuff like that. Remember, it's actually in the name. This is actually supposed to be a comedy. It's it's a joke. Right, which, I mean, maybe he was trying to 
lighten his own mood or something or I don't know. Like, well, and also for a guy who feels like maybe he's being punished, where do you always go to? You go to religion. Sure. Heaven and hell. Am I getting tormented by the devil? Am I getting punished by God? Maybe he was just trying to take his mind off things and like something happened and that was just the last straw and he just happened to have that book. Yeah, and it just could also be like also the Divine Comedy was especially during that time was like the book that like intellectuals had like oh, on display, okay. you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yes, I've read the Divine Comedy. What's your favorite passage? Ugh. You know. But, yeah, check out The Ghost Adventures, Los Feliz Murder Houses. Am I saying that right? Yes. And then like what podcast sound... could people check out more uh, of that story? Literally, it's the name. It's the Los Feliz Murder House. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of a sepia tone if you look for the title art. But, yeah, it is really good. I really like that podcast. It really goes into everything. I mean, they interviewed the lady who, I don't know if she does the podcast or... Yeah, she was the host. That's okay. I got very excited when she so, showed up. <laughs> so they interviewed her, and it sounds like she has looked up a lot of information about oh, this. Oh, she was going to make a movie, a documentary about it. That's but cool. But because of certain things didn't happen, and then she was like, well, why not a podcast? She worked on it for like four or five years. Wow. But like, literally, they talk to everyone, and they break down every part of the case, so... So, yeah, check that out. Um, if you have any theories about uh, the Los Feliz murder, it still sounds wrong in my head. <laughs> uh, you can, Or you want to give us your review for Wendell and Wild, uh, you can hit us up at darknessanddaisies at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, even though that's kind of a touchy subject right now, at darknessanddaisies. Uh, just look for the skull with the daisies in its eyes. Well, I think we can put this body in the ground. What do you think? Well, one, happy post-Halloween. Mm -hmm. And two, it's time to push up some daisies. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Jerry. And I'm Aaron. And come back next week and we'll see what else we can dig up. <laughs>